Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Um, I want to open uh, with a scripture in Genesis 19 today. Um, we're going to skip around through the chapter a little bit, but this is um, the story of um, Lot and his wife and um, when God comes to Sodom and Gomorrah. And so uh, at this point in the scripture, we're going to start in verse 12. Two angels have come and, and they're talking to Lot. And this is what they say, uh, starting in verse 12. The two men said to Lot, do you have anyone else here, sons-in-law, sons or daughters, or anyone else in the city who belongs to you? Get them out of here because we are going to destroy this place. The outcry to the Lord against its people is so great that he has sent us to destroy it. Skipping down to 15. With the coming of dawn, the angels urged Lot, saying, Hurry, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or you will be swept away when the city is punished. Verse 16. When he hesitated, the men grasped his hands in the hands of his wife and his two daughters and led them safely out of the city, for the Lord was merciful to him. Don't you love it when the Lord is merciful even when we hesitate? Um, as soon as they had brought them out, one of them said, Flee for your lives. Don't look back. And don't stop anywhere in the plain. Flee to the mountains or you will be swept away. Skipping down to 24. Then the Lord rained down burning sulfur on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. Thus he overthrew this, those cities and the entire plain, destroying all those living in the cities and also the vegetation in the land. But Lot's wife looked back, and she became a pillar of salt. Let's pray. God, I just thank you for the word that you have been knitting in my heart today. And God, I just pray that I would be able to articulate your heart. God, let us just have a merry moment at your feet, Lord, where we just receive from you. God, just take away um, any distractions in our life right now. And God, just give me the words that you would have us uh, to hear. In Jesus' name, amen. How many of you drive a stick shift car or know how to drive a stick shift car? I actually prefer driving a stick shift car. We don't have one at the moment, but I love it. But I remember back when I was learning how to drive the stick shift and my dad was very motivated for me to learn so that I could drive any car. And it was a very stressful process, but um, obviously made it through. And then I remember my best friend, Erin, in high school, she did not have a family, like her family did not have a stick shift car, but she really wanted to learn. And she was like, will you teach me? And I was like, oh, this is simple, sure. And so we were in her driveway, and at the t it was a steep driveway, and at the top it kind of had a circle, you know. Um, and so we practiced, like, going downhill and going up the hill and going in circles. And I don't I, – I, we're going to say that I was the terrible teacher, not that she was a terrible student. But I do remember specifically this – I think it was the last time we tried. Um, she was trying to go up the hill – and she kind of like lurched forward, rolled back, and the car shut off. And it was like, well, we're done here. Okay. Um, and if you know like how to drive a stick shift, you know there's this very specific timing of releasing the gas, pushing in the clutch, switching the gears. There's a very, very specific timing if you're going to keep going forward. And I think about that as we are navigating different seasons of our life. You know, there, we have to shift gears. And there's a timing and there's a sensitivity to how you do that. And we can get stuck, just like we got stuck in her driveway. Um, we can get stuck in any season if we're not careful on how we shift those gears. So we're going to talk about that this morning, about getting stuck. 
You can get stuck in your past, you can get stuck in your present, and you can be stuck in the future. So let's start with the past and work our way forward, shall we? So getting stuck in the past. Um, I was thinking about this, and it's like, I don't know how many times I've tripped over my past trying to get into my future, right? Where I'm just thinking about things that have happened, and, and I'm looking back, and I'm there's different ways to look back, and we're going to talk about that this morning, but it's kind of like, have you ever seen those games where, or things that, football games or different places where you can like strap on a harness that's got a bungee to your back that's attached to something, and the goal is to like see how far you can stretch it to reach to something, but inevitably what happens? Like you get snapped back, and when you do that on purpose, it's funny, but when you do it in real life, it's not so funny, um, but that, or thinking like, if you're driving a car, let's go back to our driving example, and you know, you're driving your car, but you're looking in the rearview mirror the whole time, what's gonna happen? You're gonna hit something, you're gonna have an accident, right? And as we look back on our past, it can be helpful to move forward or it can be hurtful. So let's talk about Lot's wife here. Um, I would say that there's two ways to look back. You can look back with longing or you can look back in reflection. And let's talk about her, and she looked back with longing. Um, you know, I was taken in by the, the whole concept of, um, of what Sodom must have looked like. You know, it says that there was a lot of vegetation. Early in the story, her, her husband's sitting at the city gate, you know, they welcomed these angels in their home, not knowing who they were at the time, you know, that, that her life must have been very comfortable. She must have had lots of provision. She must have been well-respected. Her life was probably pretty good. And to have that snatched away, you know, you don't even have time to pack your favorite things or have a goodbye dinner with your friends. It's no, it's gone, go. And, you know, she was probably trying to avoid that loss, you know, and I've been in those seasons where the fear of what you're walking away, that what you're walking away from is not going to be as good as what you're walking into, right? And so you want, there's this need to linger or to hold back. And, um, I was thinking about um, where that Jesus even talks about Lot's wife. He doesn't really talk about many people in the Old Testament, but he talks about her. And this is what he says um, in Luke 17. He's talking about the day of the, when the Son of Man is revealed. And it says in Luke 17, verses 31 through 33, On that day, no one who is on the housetop with possessions inside should go down to get them. Likewise, no one in the field should go back for anything. Remember Lot's wife. Remember, whoever tries to keep their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life will preserve it. You know, a lot of times we get tied to the temporary, and we're not thinking from an eternal perspective. We're thinking about, what am I losing? What is this costing me? Or, you know, we get kind of stuck in those moments. But sometimes we get stuck for, for selfish things, the comfortable seasons, like what we talked about with Lot's wife. But sometimes we get stuck because we're looking back with longing out of grief. And I just want to address that that is normal. And that is not anything to be ashamed of, that, that we grieve for a reason, right? That we love, and when you lose, you grieve. And that can be the loss of a person, a dream, or anything. And, you know, we have to process that grief. It's a process, unfortunately, it's, and we can't always rush it. I, I know that for me, it's just sometimes like, you know, that grief moment comes out of nowhere. You're like, that person's been gone for years. Why am I like 
having a moment right now. And, and we have to honor those moments and, and honor that process, right? Otherwise, it becomes like a blockage in our, in our self, right? Like if you have a blockage in your heart or a blockage in your gut, like it's going to create some trouble, right? It's going to cause some problems in your physical body. And, and if we don't deal with that blockage, it's going to create some problems in our earthly body too. And God, I, just, um, I feel like he, he is just so gracious in those moments of grief and those seasons that there's such a grace for that. And just like in the natural, if you have a blockage and you're going to have to have surgery and there's going to be a process to submit to, to heal and to you know, do the things, right? Um, we, can't, we can't have the healing and keep the blockage, right? You have to choose. You have to submit to the process. But that unresolved grief, that lingering grief, when we just don't want to deal with it, it can keep us stuck. And um, I thought about in um, 1 Samuel 16, God speaks to Samuel, and Samuel is mourning, you know, that Saul's not who he thought he would be or whatever. And, and, um, and the Lord speaks to him and says, how long are you going to mourn before you get up and go? And I think it's not, why are you mourning? Shame on you for mourning. It's, it's how long, like, let's, let's, get this pro- let's, let's get into the process. Let's do this thing. But, but he's still saying, I have more for you. And so we can grieve and we can have loss and we can figure out what all that looks like for us. But there's still a, and now we got to get up and go, right? And so there's longing and then there's reflecting. So reflecting can be good and a healthy way to process our past. Um, there's lots of ways to do that through journaling, through conversation. I'm just going to unashamedly plug life groups. My husband and I are in charge of life groups, and it's such an honor to do that. But there's a great journaling life group um, that Abigail runs. There's different other groups where, you know, just that opportunity to help you process that stuff out loud. Um, it's just people doing life with you is so critical. But that lens of reflection, I think, also um, determines our outcome, right? Because you can look back and you can reflect on things in different ways. You can reflect on it with shame. You can reflect on it with gratitude, right? So if you look, if you're reflecting back and you're reflecting with shame, then you're stuck because everything that you do trying to move forward is relating back to that shame. You don't want to repeat that thing. You don't want people to know about that thing. Like you're bound because to that. You're still tied to that past because of the shame. Where like, if only I had done better, then maybe it wouldn't be so hard now. Or if only this had happened, you know, and you beat yourself up when you, you could be moving forward, but you're still stuck to those mistakes. And I think that God has such grace for us and such lessons to teach us from those mistakes and in those seasons if we'll let them, right? He's so forgiving and we move on. Like he's not the one that's reminding you 10 years later about that thing. Do you see what I'm saying? That's not him. That's not his voice. But we could also reflect back with gratitude, looking back at how God brought us through those hard situations. And it helps to build that foundation of faith for us where we're remembering like, this is who God is. This is what he did. This is his promises. This is what I learned. This is how he molded me in that situation. And you can choose to go back and do that and to be thankful for his presence and grace through it. I um, had a friend challenge me with this uh, way to reword something, and I, it's really stuck with me. And she said, um, when we remember, we remember something. So she said, what we need to do when you reflect back is you need to dismember that thing. Dismember what happened. Take it apart. Really look at it. Um, and then you get to choose 
how you're going to remember, put that thing back together. And that's how you're going to store that memory. You get to choose if I'm going to look back on this thing is this is how I was victimized or this is how this didn't go right or this is how whatever, whatever. Or you can choose to remember it, you know, put those pieces back together and say, this is the trial that the Lord brought me through. This is the testimony that I have. This is, you see, do you see the difference? Like you have the, you have the permission, you have the authority to put that thing back together the way that it's going to serve you beneficially to move forward. And I thought that was so powerful. Um, But we can be stuck in our present too. We can be stuck because we're disappointed. This is not what I thought this would look like, right? Like we can long for these seasons. You know, we can't wait to grow up and graduate and get a job and get married and have kids and and all the things, and then you find yourself in that season, and your spouse is a jerk, and your kids are jerks, and your boss is a jerk, and the car breaks down, and something's wrong with the house, and finances are tight, and you, you like, your kid's up all night, and throwing up, and you're like, this is really not the glory story I had imagined here, you know, and like, it can feel so defeating when you're like, wait, 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 this is not, excuse me, I like to talk to managers, not what I ordered, right, and and you can get stuck there because you're like, it's just so confusing. Sometimes it can catch us off guard. Um, and I think about the Israelites, you know, that, that they cried out for so long for freedom from their slavery. And God did the thing. They're out. And then, they're, you know, God provided this miracle manna that they're eating. Like, you know, they're literally living off of miracles. And then they're complaining because they had meat back there, right? And so there they are. They're missing the miracle of their rescue because they're longing for the good parts of their slavery and the hard parts of their freedom, right? We got to stop and remember where, okay, let's have a little reality check here, right? Because God gives us grace for the hard things. We're not promised an easy life. That's not in anywhere. It's not promised. And if, why would he? Because how are we supposed to know more about who we are and who he is if it's always easy? right? It's in the trials that we learn, unfortunately. Um, or maybe it's just me, right? Maybe I have to the, be in the school of hard knocks. But, um, you know, I was thinking about we, uh, we have a box in our garage we throw recycling in, and um, Jeremy is very diligent to remind us that it is very important to break down the boxes so that, that you know, everything lays flat so we don't have to. <laughs> You're welcome, babe. You're welcome. Just in case somebody else didn't know that, I just thought I'd Sure, you got to break down the boxes so you don't have to, you know, it doesn't take so long to fill the container for recycling. And I think sometimes that we don't take time to reflect on where we are and what God has done. And we have all these unbroken down boxes in our mind and it doesn't take long before it's full, right? And we're trying to cram stuff in and it's, and it's overwhelming. But if we'll take time to mentally break down those boxes, right, then there's room. There's room. Um, and then we can, again, do that dismember, remember. We, we can figure out what, what really happened and what did I learn and, and how do I want to feel about this and go through that process with God so we don't get stuck in that disappointment and the, the wait what. Um, Mike's had so many great messages the last couple of weeks about life in the, with the field and hardship and suffering and, you know, such, such wonderful, inspiring message. <laughs> I want to learn more about suffering. Um, but, you know, I was thinking about people in the Bible, and I love that, that, that people in the Bible are so real, right? That they're not like, 
oh gosh, I would never be able to live up to, you know, but it's like, wow, these, this is some messed up people that you chose and like, they really did some jacked up stuff. Um, but, you know, I was thinking about Jonah, you know, that he ran from this call of ministry and then, you know, he's sitting on the mountaintop after God sparing the Ninevites, just waiting for him to smite them. And he's mad that God had mercy, you know, and then even God even grows up this plant to cover him and then the plant dies and he's mad about that. And it's like, okay, who, like we need to think about like who, who's really in charge here. Um, and I think about Mary and Martha when, when Lazarus died, you know, that they both said to him, Lord, if you would have been here, if you'd have been here, you wouldn't have died. And I, I know that I've had that judgment to the Lord so many times. You know, if you'd have done it this way, or if, if you had allowed this, or you had disallowed that, or you had healed that person, or you would blah, 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 blah. And what I'm really saying is if you'd have done it my way, it wouldn't be this hard. Um, and what I feel like the Lord has taught me in the seasons that I'm going through and have gone through is that we don't get to write the glory story or determine its timing. But we can absolutely miss it when we demand what we're not entitled to. You know, we, we can have the conversation, but, but you're not the author with the pen. And I think it's so hard for us to let that go sometimes. You know, when we get, I heard a preacher say recently, if you didn't get what you wanted, it doesn't mean that God wasn't faithful. It just means you didn't get what you wanted, Right? Um, there's this video I love. Uh, we are definitely a Chick-fil-A family. And this lady, this video was this lady going through Chick-fil-A drive through and she had her order and she was like, I am not mad at Chick-fil-A. They are so on point. And, you know, just, you know, my pleasure and thank you and this, that and the other. And, you know, like my, you know, fries are fresh and all this stuff. And she said, you know what? I didn't even look in my bag because if they got my order wrong, then this is what I was supposed to have. Like she was just all about Chick-fil-A. And I was like, I want to be that way about the Lord. Like, if I didn't get what I wanted, whatever's in this bag is what I was supposed to have, right? It's that who works for who kind of thing. Um, my kids always love the um, arcade, you know, where you, you, you get so many points in the arcade and it spits out so many tickets, and then you take the tickets and um, you buy something that is with your tickets that's, you know, pennies compared to the many dollars that you paid to play those games. It's every parent's... Anyway, um, but you're cashing in those points for prizes. And I felt like the Lord showed me that analogy that sometimes we, we are obedient to the Lord. We're doing the things. And, and then it's like we're sitting there holding our tickets. Like, no, like I want that prize. Like I tithed and I worshiped and I did this and I did that. And here's my tickets. I, I want that prize. And he's saying, this is not, it's not your store. Like it doesn't work like that. Um, I think sometimes it's really hard to surrender our right to have or our right to know. But it, we don't walk by faith for nothing. Like, it's, it's faith, right? I heard a great story about how they used to catch monkeys. And what it was is that they would have a, um, um, bananas in a basket, but the hole on the top of the basket was just big enough for the monkey to get his hand in. He could put his hand in and he could reach the bananas, but the hole wasn't big enough for him to pull the banana out. So he, but he didn't want to let go of the bananas, so he would be stuck, and that's how they would capture him. And I feel like we need to stop trying to hold on to the fruit that we feel like is owed us, and we have that bitterness and judgment towards God of, no, that's that's my fruit, and and we instead I feel like the Lord's just saying I would rather you be still than stuck. 
you know, you can sit there for a minute and have that conversation where you're like, God, I want a spiritual autopsy here. Why, why, why are we where we are? You know, and like, what happened? What is the, what is the cause of death of, the, of this dream or this season or what's going on? But, you know, I feel like the Lord is gracious to tell us because, you know, there's things he's working in us and things that he's doing, but we don't necessarily get the full examiner's report, right? Um, and lastly, that we can be stuck in the future where you just, you really want this current season to be over. You know, you feel limited, you want to move on, you know the promises that God has for you, the words that he's spoken over you, what it's going to look like, and you're not there yet, and you don't know how far the road is between here and there, but the shorter the better. Um, and, you know, it's kind of this how long, O oh Lord, season, where you just, you're missing what's going on right now because you're just so focused on, like, it's, it's coming, it's someday, it's coming, but you're so focused over there, you're not here. Um, and I feel like, we need to trust timing of God, even when it feels like you're wandering in the fiery furnace. You know, like, you know that he's there, but man, it's hot. And this is, I just really would like to get out of the furnace now, please and thank you. Um, but I feel like those are such seasons of development. And I'm surely in one where he's just developing some stuff and there's an endurance and there's a purity that comes if we'll submit to it. You know, I'm um, think about... Um, people who go through pregnancy and, and it's tough. thought about you. Um, you know, and I remember the times when I was pregnant because they were huge and it was uncomfortable. And, um, you know, you can't tap out. It would be great to be like, and I'm done. Um, they're like, you're only 24 weeks. Too bad. Like, <laughs> I'm done. Um, and the reason you can't tap out is because there's critical seasons of development that have to happen. You know, and there's critical seasons of development and the promises that God has for us that has to happen before you can hold it. And uh, But that I just want us to see that God is our labor coach, if you will, right? Like he's in, in the room with you and he's telling you, okay, I want you to breathe, just breathe, just relax and breathe. Okay, it's time to push. You know, and, and that, that the sensitivity of, of what, what time is it? Is it time to rest? Is it time to breathe? Is it time to push? But eventually, you're going to hold the promise, right? But there's a timing. Um, and just to wrap up, I feel like there are four Ps that keep us from stepping into our future. I always thought it was cool when pastors did that, like preachers like had four Ps or things that rhyme. So I was really grateful that God gave me this. All right, four Ps. We ready? Everybody with me still? Okay. The first is provision. Not feeling like you have what you have is enough to move forward. Um, and I was thinking about the widow and, and um, Elisha, I think it was. She, he asked her for bread and, and all she says, it's in First Kings 17. And her, her response is just pure lack. I don't have enough bread. I don't have enough oil. I don't have enough. I don't have enough. I don't have enough. And we're going to die from the, the end. You know, um, and then Jesus asking the disciples to, you know, feed all these people. And they're like, uh, we don't have enough. You know, there was this, there was a, but what they're saying wasn't inaccurate in the natural. Let's acknowledge that. But they still, we have to guard our words of what we have, right? What we think we have, because it was enough. The second was procrastination, or one of my new favorite words, procrastinating. Has anybody heard of this word, procrastinating? 
This is, is it, is any of it seriously, has anybody else heard of this word? Okay, I think it's fantastic. Procrastinating working is um, when you're not moving forward because you are, you're having an insecurity or an anxiety about this thing that you're supposed to be doing and you're devalu- devaluing that what you have within you is enough capacity-wise to do this thing. So procrastinate, that's procrastination is you're just not doing anything at all. Um, Procrastinating working is you are finding things that are theoretically productive, right, but it's not the thing that you should be doing, right? Like, I don't want to do this big thing, so I'm going to do all these little things that are semi-important because then I feel like I'm actually doing something, but I'm not doing the thing. So let's take an example. God's saying, write a book. And you're like, "Mm, that's a lot. Okay, well, how about I go serve at the food pantry and I volunteer in kids ministry and I do this and I do this and I do this and I'm going to stay busy with these things. So now I don't really have time to write a book. You see what I'm saying? Like we're procrastinating working. We're doing things, but we're not doing the thing that we're called to do because we're devaluing what's in us. Um, things like Moses and his talking about, um, I'm not a good speaker. You need to send somebody else. Or Gideon saying, I'm the least of my clan. I really think you should send somebody else. I'm not going to do this thing. I'll do other things, but I'm not going to do the thing. Right? In both cases with the widow and, and Moses and Gideon, they all had to go first. Right? They had to go first. And then they had, the provision was there. Then they were sustained. The third is perfectionism. Um, I saw a sign the other day that said, done is better than perfect. And I know that really grates against every perfectionist in the room. Where we, but we're, we can be done, stuck in perfectionism where we're, devalu- we're overvaluing performance, that what, what I do isn't enough, right? It's not going to be perfect, so I'm just not going to do it. I'm just going to let everybody down, and I'm just not going to do it. Because I'm not, I don't have that skill. I don't have this thing. I'm not enough. Um, but I think it's so beautiful how God calls such imperfect, unqualified, on-the-surface people, and then he does the heavy lifting, right? But you've got to start. You are more than what you do. And the last is pride. So we've got provision, procrastination, or procrastinating. Um, perfectionism and pride, where, that where you are, you don't feel like is enough, or where you're concerned, uh, you're not concerned about resource, you're concerned about your reputation. You know, People are going to say, well, who is she to think she is to, and who is he think he is to, you know, but we, we have those small beginnings, or maybe what God is calling you to seems super humble and small compared to what you know the bigger promise is, but we need to not despise those small beginnings. I think about Moses um, when God said, what's in your hand? And Jesus asking the disciples, well, what's in the basket? You know, it's five loaves and a couple fish or whatever. What do you have? What is in your hand? And God's saying, go in the strength you have. If I can have um, Matt come on up. I think what we need to do is take inventory. Um, what is it that you're longing for? And where is it? Is the thing you're longing for behind you? Is it here, but it just doesn't look like you want? Is it down the road and you're not there yet? What is it that you're longing for and where is it? And then be honest with God. You know, I so appreciate that Jesus was so honest with the Father in the garden, and we get to see that. That in the Psalms, people all the time are like, God, where are you? And can you just smite these people? And can, can you give me some relief here? And, you know, that there's such an honesty with the Lord. Um, and I feel like we have permission to do that too. Um, 
the Lord was already speaking this to me, and then this book came around. So I highly recommend it, um, Christine Kane's Don't Look Back book. Um, and she does talk about Lot's wife in here some. Um, but one of the things that she says is, so often we frame things as if we are waiting on God. What if God is waiting on you? What if he is speaking? What if he is speaking what you have, or what you are, what you do is already enough? Just go. You know, and I think we need to let God be honest with us. I'll be super honest with you. I think the reason that God is speaking all of this to me is because I find myself in all of these stuck places. You know, we started this business seven years ago, and it has been a real journey. And I can attest to all the things where, you know, I'm. it's the shame of, you know what, if I had just done this differently and I had done this differently, maybe it wouldn't be so hard now. Or this isn't what I thought this season would look like. Or God, I know the promises you've spoken, and I don't know why they're not here yet, but this is so hard. And feeling sometimes just spiritually bipolar, if I can put it that way, is the best way where I have faith for everything. And like, I know the turnaround is coming and, and God, you are enough and you've called me and, and you're going to sustain us and it's, it's going to be good. And I believe you and, you know, and we're just pressing in. But seven years, you guys, is a long time. And there are times where I just get to where it's like, God, I can't do it anymore. And, you know, all these voices of, you know, this is the advice of what you should do. This is the financial advice. This is the business advice. This is, you know, family advice. This is, you know, and you're hearing all of this and it can be very overwhelming. And, but there are times when I will just, if I will just silence all of that and I sit before the Lord consistently, he says two things. I love you. And the other thing is, I'm so proud of you. And those are the things that made me be like, okay, grace for the hard things. We can do this. And like, God, I'll do whatever you say, whatever it looks like. I'm not, I'm not going to hold to that anymore because this is your glory story, not mine. And I also wanted to share a testimony that Elizabeth Deary shared in our women's Bible study on Miracles PS Wednesday night, 7 o'clock at Linda's house, um, where she, we're talking about miracles, and she said she was at this lady's house, Doris, and she had cleaned Doris's house for 10 years. 10 years she's known this lady, right? 10? All right. Um, and she was upstairs on the floor cleaning Doris's bathroom and just started having like a panic attack, was just super overwhelmed by anxiety and fear. And then the thought came to her, Jesus went through all this too. And she said, then if Jesus can do it, I can do it with him. And she made the decision and she stood up and she just lifted her hands and she started to praise God, thank him for her family, thank him for what he was doing in her life, thank him for butterflies and flowers and kitty cats and all the things that she could think of. She just started worshiping him and praising him with gratitude and and she said she felt this peace just come upon her and she felt like when that time of prayer was over that the peace would be gone but it didn't leave and she went downstairs and she was finishing cleaning the house and she started talking to Doris and Doris was just telling her how anxious she was about these things that were going on and and she was able to minister to Doris out of her own place of peace And she was able to help Doris get to a place of peace where Doris was willing to let go of the same anxieties like like Elizabeth was. And Doris started doing things that she loved that gave her joy and pleasure. Doris died within 24 hours. Doris's last 24 hours were in joy and peace because Elizabeth made the choice to break friction with praise and say, I'm going to make, I'm drawing a line in the sand. Whatever it looks like, I'm yours. 
you know, and I'm going to choose to praise you, whether it's what I want it to look like or not what I want it to look like, whether it feels good to me or it's painful, what, whatever it is, whether it's sacrifice or blessing or some weird combination of both, like I'm all in. And because she made that choice, Doris's last days were lived in peace. We don't know what God is doing around us. It's more than about us, Right? It's who you're with, who you're around, the way you carry yourself, the hope that you have. You know, I know that my story is not just about me, as it is probably very little to do with me. And the people that are impacted by the stories that we carry, it's so important. Can you stand? And we're going to pray. You know, if you don't know the Lord, if you're listening online, if you're here and you don't know what it is to, to just be all in with the Lord, we would like nothing more than to share that with you. If you're online, you can go to victorychristian.church and click on next steps. Um, if you're, you can email us at friends at victorychristian.com. If you're here, please don't leave. If you feel stuck in any kind of way, you know, there's power in prayer and power in doing it together. We're here as a family. I, I love you enough to show you my wounds <laughs> this morning. And I, I don't want you stuck. The Lord doesn't want you stuck. So I'm going to ask our prayer team to come forward and we're going to pray. Father God, we just right now thank you for grace in hard seasons. Lord, we thank you for humbling us and reminding us that it's you. It's you that's leading us through the desert. It's you that's leading us to the promised land. It's not us. Lord, we just surrender in every way that we know how, Lord. Just like we sang this morning, this is our surrender. Lord, let us break down the boxes of our expectations, break down the boxes of our grief, break down the boxes of our disappointments and our anger and all the things, Lord, that we can make room for you. God, I just pray that you just come in. Lord, right now, we just, um, if you feel comfortable, just lift your hands. God, we just surrender to you. God, we surrender our past to you. Lord, we surrender our present to you. We surrender our future to you. God, we ask for grace to be in the moment with you, to not miss the miracle of the moment, longing for the past, hoping for the future, or wishing right now look different. God, your grace is sufficient for this very moment. And God, for the next one and the next one and the next one, we just commit ourselves wholly to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.com.